Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. We are in this quagmire as South Africa because of our government that has now ran out of ideas of how to take this country forward. I think 2020, 2024 elections will give us another opportunity to give other people an opportunity or a mandate uh, to turn our misfortunes around. We are in dire straits. We are in trouble. Youth youth from the universities they graduate with no hope the crime levels are astronomically high uh, the economy levels are all-time low so is a time now to vote wisely we need a coalition government not an outright party that is going to be drunk with power as time continues uh, uh, good morning to you the government of south africa must teach the less privileged let us join an NGOs uh, that uh, teaches anybody without access to schools. This is much more uh, beneficial than dropping money into charity box to satisfy uh, conscience. We deserve better uh, from the government we voted to power. So it is our duty to uh, point out the things we want changed. Peter Rampaselemashit. Good morning. SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. Ooh, yeah, you're certainly not holding back uh, on those voice notes there. And that segues to our conversation this morning. The Interfaith Forum of South Africa will tomorrow meet at a conference. This is to come up with what it says will be bold new plans to save South Africa. The conference will be chaired by Bishop Malusi Mpumlwana, General Secretary of the South African Council of Churches, and will bring together 10 other religious groups. Now, the meeting will be held from Monday to Wednesday. It comes at a time when you can think about what we've been going through. You think about the high cost of living. You think about the rolling blackouts. You think about fraud and corruption, the high rate of unemployment, young people unemployed. This has been described as a ticking time bomb. We're talking about issues of infrastructure, the lack of maintenance thereof. Recently, we've seen water shortages. So let's have this conversation and get a sense of what's going on there and whether or not this is going to be what we need as South Africa in order to be able to come up, uh, come out of some of the multiple crises that we've seen. Let's speak to the chairperson of the Interfaith Forum of South Africa, Bishop Manu Simpumlwana. And on the line, we also have Dr. Ongamam Dimka, who's a political analyst from the Nelson Mandela University. Good morning to you and thank you so much for your time. I'll start with you, Bishop. Let's talk about this particular meeting. Why now? Uh, <laughs> Interesting question, why now? <laughs> why not now? <laughs> <laughs> Someone can say it could have come sooner, so why now? <laughs> well, actually, I think you're right. Uh, it could have come sooner. Um, the, 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 you know, the, 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 this community of religious leaders has been concerned for some time, which is why I agree with you it could, come, could have come sooner. Um, uh, you know, the, one of the most shocking things that we experienced as a, as a, as a group of religious leaders was during the, the, the COVID time, because we built our strong partnership during that time. 
when we had what was called the Religious Forum Against COVID. And we were uh, partnering and sharing our experiences from our congregations. We were meeting on a weekly basis back then, uh, just to be able to, to, to share experiences and craft you know, solutions for ourselves and ensure I mean, one of the commitments we made was to try and make sure that, you know, seven out of every 10 people in the pews in our congregation will be vaccinated. So we, we built a partnership. You can imagine then how we felt when that uh, uh, story of, of, of COVID fraud and people stealing money, uh, you know, from, from, from COVID resources. And that's when we began to say, no, no, no. There is something that we need to do. So you're right, it should have come sooner, but actually it didn't. And when, the, when we decided to disband our, our, our coming together over COVID, uh, you know, the leader said, no, 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 there are strong South African issues that need to be addressed. We cannot disband our COVID coming together, but rather we should strengthen it and keep it going for all the national issues. And one of those things... Uh, you know, it was said we need to deal with the national sense of responsibility. Uh, and, and that's why we're doing what we're doing today. Mm, and I'm going to come back to that in just a moment, Bishop, and what it looks like. But uh, Dr. Mdemka, one of the things that, you know, is very clear is that South Africans, some of them, talk about the, the you know, the need to get involved. I'm, I'm, I was listening to even one of our voice notes here talking about how people should get involved, we should get involved, we should get involved. But what does that involvement look like for South Africans? Because sometimes when you speak to others, that does look like there's a sense of people feeling like, you know, they're disillusioned. They don't even know if that is even an option for them. Uh, good evening to you. <laughs> good morning to you and the good uh, bishop and your listeners. Uh, so there's a number of things here. When we look at the, ro- the, rela- the role of uh, the-, the relationship between state and society in democracies, one of the things we look at is the extent to which a society is active in processes of government and whether it participates in both invited spaces, that is in processes of making laws, and it participates in those processes, but also in uninvited processes where society itself determines how to get involved and in in those generally it's spontaneous. Um, I think also in terms of faith-based communities, the reality of the matter is that South Africa is in crisis because we have a, a society in crisis in general. You cannot you cannot expect to have good institutions. Um, in a, whether you look at it from a moral philosophical perspective or from a faith based perspective, you cannot have good institutions when you have the the the, the, the institutions that mold behavior and character in a crisis. So part of why we are having people uh, who will steal from others, people who will do all these things which are discouraged by faith communities, is is, is a reflection of how much uh, there's failure across the board. So 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 I think it's commendable when they come together. So because there's two things: one, influencing the state, but also taking responsibility for molding character, um, because the state has what society gives it. Mm. And uh, you know, one of the things, though, Bishop, that um, has been 
over time is that we saw efforts to towards a moral regeneration in the past and there was even a report in this particular regard but um you know at that time it was said that we're sitting on a moral time bomb 2023 here we are given what is happening i wonder if you think that bomb hasn't exploded is it still ticking <laughs> Yes, uh, you can say it is exploded when you look at the serious morass. I mean, you know, corruption and 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 and, and graft is almost a way of life across the nation. Uh, you look at the, the the extremities of violence in our society. You look at uh, the hopelessness and the decline of hope, particularly uh, with young people. Uh, Status A has been telling us that between the ages 15 and 24, you have about 10 million young people. Mm. And they say that 75% of them are without hope. What do you really expect they will do with their time? Mm. And so when we see what happened in July 2021, we recognize that whoever was behind what happened then must have known that there is a ready market ready to loot at the drop of a hat. And and so this is our reality. And so you can say it has it has it has it has exploded, but I think that it also because this is a human society, some things can be done to arrest it. And when we come back, um, you know, there's something that one of our listeners just sent as as a message here that I'd like for both of you to reflect on and uh, we, you know, we get a sense in your take on this. But let's uh, take a short break. When we come back, we continue our conversation with Bishop Mpumlana as well as Dr. Mdemka. EFC is live this Thursday. The bantamweight title of Africa is on the line between the two most destructive 135ers on the continent. Musa Setwape and Shannon Bontander clash in the center of the hexagon in the city of gold. Finally, the bad blood will be settled in the rematch that every fight fan has been waiting for. EFC 108. Watch it on SABC Sport Channel on DTT Channel 4 from 7 p.m. Brought to you by SABC Sport. Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. All right, let's continue then our conversation. I'm going to start with you, Dr. Mdimga, on this one. Um, it's a message uh, by Sipo. It's a comment saying, Bongiwe, these initiatives by Reverend are out of date and useless. They must get out of what they did during apartheid. Um, they do it for media attention, while really community projects that add value are not getting attention. That's really, um, I can understand why there'd be some resentment about, you know, the role of faith-based institutions, because sometimes at, at times they, they were the proud justification for oppressive policies like apartheid. But that's ignorant. that comment is, is, is ignorant, actually. If you look at the, the, the very lib- conceptualization of liberation uh, struggles, after the periods of conquest, it is from initiatives that were influenced by uh, mission schools that you have 
from them politicians who then lead liberation struggles and in fact theorize about a, a common issue mode in South Africa. Not only that, they also form part of the mass democratic movements that help topple the country. And also, I mean, in recent years, you've had um, the contribution that was very valuable in terms of how we conceptualized state capture in the first ever report to be written about uh, what exactly we were facing as, uh, you know, uh, the, the theories of shadow institutions. That came initially from a, collect a collective of faith-based institutions that actually um, uh, were part of the drafting of uh, the, the 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 report, uh, uh, you know, the, the, that 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 was the first report in terms of um, the the title escapes me now. So there's always been a role that is played. It by was the un, un, unburdening unburdening report. Yes, yes. Thank you, Bishop. So there's always been a great role that has been played by faith-based uh, institutions. And for you, Bishop. Um. You know, we, we take every criticism very seriously. And uh, because if there is corruption, graft, and all kinds of evil in our society, that is in our congregations, because 80% of South Africans claim to be Christians. And so if this is a bad society, it's bad in our congregations. So. We, we, we accept all criticisms because the problems are ours and we cannot deny them. It is also true that <laughs> religious organizations have also been corrupt. Um, and you know exactly you know, how this has been happening in our society. So we, we, don't, we, we, don't, we don't do this out of any triumphalism, out of any sense of um, uh, greater right than anyone else. But it is also a sense in which we have a responsibility to do what little we can uh, to ensure that we have a society we can all be proud of. Bishop, one would then ask, at, at the end of all of this, I mean, um, you know, what, what we saw with the unburdening, um, you know, process is that, um, as you and I have spoken about it over time, that people came forward, people spoke, the things you got to hear, they raised alarm bells for you. There's so many things that, um, you know, as you say, has raised as alarm bells for yourselves. But and a number of people listening this morning are saying, what happens then after the three days? Is it just going to be talk or how then do you move forward to ensure that some of what you agree upon there is actually taken forward and taken into account? Um, the title of this is Our Country, Our Responsibility, with the tagline uh, From Awareness to Action. We bring people together uh, to together craft solutions and options for alternatives. And every one of the people in that room, whichever organization they come from or wherever they come from in the country, will be saying, this is my responsibility. And so, yes, because we're not government, we're not going to implement a lot. But there are things that we can do, even if we're not government, that we believe are doable. We shall do those. Uh, but we shall also be uh, urging everyone and every organization participating to take their bit and do what they can. But collectively, we can then advocate for the right things, particularly at policy level. 
It is un unacceptable when you revive. You can have a situation where, <clears throat> you know, for, for the longest time, you remain with an excluded majority from economic productivity. And, you know, we just say, look, somehow this will just go away. It will not go away. Something has to be done. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. And Dr. Mdimka, one thing that is also very clear is that for, for, for some South Africans, um, action is, is priority for them. And, uh, you know, Willie and Kuma, for example, saying what is needed is to fire all the ministers except Minister Mutsualedi and to send uh, President Ramaphosa to jail. It is over with our beloved country. This is Willie in Kuma. A number of people watch corruption over time. They look at what came out of the State Capture Commission's report, for example, some movements in some cases, but very little in other instances, in other recommendations. And there really is this deep cry for action. And hopefully this particular process then has that. And I wonder from your vantage point, do you think we could see movement when it comes to action here? Because that's what South Africans are looking for. Well, the challenge is that our leadership selection processes have happened mainly under a dominant party system in terms of which you have power determining who gets to be uh, deployed or employed in positions rather than merit. But that's beginning to change. So if you look at, for example, the, 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 how the ANC has uh, as a governing party, has begun, I think, in the past four years to prescribe particular features from leaders, uh, including the popularity and acceptance in communities of, uh, you know, councillors, the prescription of the idea about, you know, uh, the good repute of leaders, among other things. That shows that they've begun to accept that you can no longer use party dominance and party strength to determine who is going to be deployed in power. So that's going to bring about some changes that are positive uh, that society expects. Uh, and, 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 and I think that the, 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 the idea also that, you know, the, 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 um, yeah, anyway, sorry, I, I lost my train of thought there. No problem. Bishop, I'm going to give you the final word here. I'm looking at the clock. But let's talk about the people you will have in the room to have these conversations with. Is it just um, interfaith organizations or have you invited no, others? No. no, not at all. Not at all. We're just the conveners. But this is a broad South African, uh, you know, spread of, of people from different, I mean, you've got people from different parts of the country and from different types of organizations, civil society organizations. The, the, way, the, the, the Interfaith Forum are only the conveners. It's not about them, and it's not even about their, their faith traditions. It will be a very broad conversation. Uh, you know, we, we expect uh, about five, 600 people uh, who come from different... There's a very exciting uh, a group of women <clears throat> that come from, 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 from Zandani in the Eastern, in the Eastern Cape who have proven that even with the limited uh, you know, communal lens of, 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 the, of the Bandestans, you can actually have a productivity that can go to global markets. And the idea here is to say, what alternatives, what can we demonstrate that is doable? And, and if you're there, you will see this because uh, those women will be talking on Tuesday. Hmm.
It's going to be an interesting one. Let's see what happens. Then let me thank you both for your time. And uh, let's uh, hopefully have a conversation on the other side of it to see what has been achieved, what has come out, what are some of the conversations that were held in the room there. That was the chairperson of the Interfaith Forum of South Africa, Bishop Malusim Pumlwana, and Dr. Ongamam Dimka, a political commentator in